electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Live from the NASDAQ market site overlooking New York City's Times Square, this is Fast Money. I'm Melissa Lee. Your traders on the desk are Tim Seymour, Brian Kelly, Steve Grosso, and Guy Dami. Tonight on Fast, a biotech breakout. The sector up 10% over the past month. The traders give us their favorite names in the space. Plus, a big bright spot in energy. The chart master has one name he says is poised to pop. And later, the one chart that really caught Tim's attention this week. He'll tell us what it is. We kick things off with a bang. Oh, my God. Uh, Tesla shares like the window of that truck getting smashed today. Analysts and investors a little carsick after the big unveil of the company's futuristic and funky new pickup. The stock posting its biggest loss in two months. And now we're hearing from Tesla CEO Elon Musk. We get to Phil LeBeau, who has the very latest. Hey, Phil. Hey, Melissa, a tip of the hat. I believe it was yesterday. Was it Guy who said yes. sell on the news? It was. He deserves a tip of the hat. He said that the, he would not be surprised if shares would drop today, and that's what they did. That's because a lot of people are looking at the, at the Tesla Cybertruck, and they're saying, all right, how much is this really going to move the needle for the company? There was so much buildup going into this saying, wow, this could really threaten the big three potentially down the road. No, this truck is not going to potentially hurt the big three anytime soon. There's limited market potential. That's the general feeling from all the analysts who watched this unveil last night. It's a polarizing design. Yeah, there might be some people out there who like this, who may buy this when it comes out in 2021, 2022. But the real question is, will it pay off? And nobody's quite sure if that's the case. And then there was the epic failure of the armor glass windows that were billed as being stronger than your average truck window. Oh, that's well, what happens when you throw a weighted steel ball at it. Not hard. once, but <laughs> twice, which had some people today saying, okay, didn't they test this out? Didn't they know this might happen? Just within the last half hour, Elon Musk tweeting, we threw the same steel ball at the same window several times right before the event, and it didn't even scratch the glass. Keep in mind that the Cybertruck now joins three other vehicle products that uh, Tesla has said it plans to build. So the pipeline right now, in terms of what Tesla plans to build, they've got the Semi, they've got the Roadster, the Model Y, which is the most important of all those models because of the volume, and then you've got the Cybertruck. The Model Y, by the way, is the one that people are focused on because it's going to be going to market later next year. And as you take a look at shares of Tesla, again, Guy called it yesterday, sell on the news, and that's what we saw today, the stock down more than 6%. Bill, when you said limited appeal, do you mean limited appeal in terms of taking away share from, say, a Ford F-150? Correct. Okay. Correct. Correct. Look, at the end of the day, a pickup truck is generally about functionality. Are there some people who buy it for lifestyle, Melissa? Yes. But in the overall market of pickup trucks, that's the smallest percentage of buyers. Probably maybe 5 to 10%, depending on how you categorize it. And even then... Some people are looking at this saying, is this even too polarizing for those people who are looking for a lifestyle pickup? But it does have that ATV that goes up on the back and charges. <laughs> it. I mean, that's pretty functional. <laughs> it, that is functional. <laughs> Phil, thank you. 
Beliveau you joining bet. us from Chicago. I'll go right to you guys since you called it last night. No, I didn't now, call anything. I mean, let's pretend, I didn't know that he was going to throw a, a bowling ball at the window <laughs> and the window. I mean, let's. What a surprise. I, I mean, that was a bit <laughs> shocking. Figure. I mean, if I had said that, then I'm a genius. I didn't say that. I mean, but then you look at the stock. You have that old high we made back in July of, I think, 2018 or so, 385. Then the December high, 365. So if this, in fact, was the most recent high, you have you have a series of lower highs. That's not very good, especially over a year-and-a-half, two-year period. I'll still say the stock traded two times normal volume today, obviously down 6%. I think you've seen the high for quite some time. I've said that for a while and been wrong, but this might have been the catalyst. And, again, I had no idea it was going to shatter his windshield or its, or its side-view mirror, but I guess it doesn't matter. The market was looking for an excuse to sell it. They should sell those balls. Whoa. No question about it. <laughs> yes. I think the balls, balls. Can, it can break. The stock, the, the stock was up 61% glass. in 34 days. It was overbought. It was looking for a reason to sell off. If it sold off because of these hard balls, I'm pretty sure it's a buy at this point. But isn't that what's supposed to happen with Bulletproof Glass? It shatters this way. It doesn't shatter through. In. It, doesn't, it didn't doesn't go, go in. in. It didn't go right. in. It doesn't, it doesn't it go, go in. in. And I think that's – I don't know how much of it really – do you think it sold off because of the ball going? Well, the, look, going the extra off. hard balls were not the reason the stock sold off today. Six percent. You guys are having a little look, too much so fun talking about these the, balls. We said this last night, though. So, in addition to guys' uh, salient point or prescient point or whatever it was going to be, uh, I think we outlined that this event was not really an event for the company. That this was a bit of a sideshow. That this is something that we've seen. We've seen it with the semi. Uh, we've seen it with other vehicles. So, uh, I think it really, you know, whether guy says this is the high for a long time, or where I would just say I want to wait and see that balance sheet again. I want to see profit. I want to see free cash flow. I want to see if we can get to 360 to 400 in deliveries. Those are the things that are driving the stock. And I think we got a lot of very good news in it over the last whatever it's been. And I think there's a lot of people. There are a lot of people that are short. There are a lot of people that are betting against the company. And I think right now there's been a lot of good news to price it up. And now we have to see. Yeah, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to take some time to get through 3D5 if indeed we are on this, this run higher. You've got an awful lot of overhead supply here. The best thing you can say about this, he's got a lot of products in the pipeline, mm-hmm. so that means he's got a lot of deposits. So that's financing the company for the time being. I mean, that's not necessarily a great business model. Wall Street isn't going to reward that. You still have all kinds of issues with the company. So up at 360 or 385, somewhere around here, the risk-reward just, just isn't there for this company. There's too much danger out there, too many tape bombs that could come out that could hurt you at this level. You have plenty of time to get in if this but really right is going to be a though, it, it worked off a, a, an RSI that was overbought pretty quickly. I mean, this thing was overbought. It was looking for a reason to sell off. Mm-hmm. It had an astronomical run in the last month. But the fact that it worked it off, to me, I'm bullish on that. Yeah, no, listen, you can understand. I can, you can make that argument as well. I mean, it's been the right argument now for the last couple of months. Now, the second derivative play is, you know, Ford could really do something clever on the back of this. You know, built Ford tough and uh-huh. have their commercials have where, their own ball where they get like a howitzer and then shoot, you know. I mean, well, they, could have a wrecking, they could have a wrecking ball hit one of their cars. They'd probably and, and put, you know, stage it so nothing happens. It's not even that crazy a thought. Maybe you, you could sit inside the car. I, I'd do it for them. I mean, for the right price. My point is Ford could capitalize on this, and maybe the stock for the first time could be interesting. GM as well. I think that's the kind of opportunity They're that maybe these companies need. They're not going to sell more F-150s because, you know, you know something? because you don't think crazy things no. have happened? I mean, seriously. I don't think this takes any market share from Ford either. That The point is, there, I, I think there's very few people that are going to buy this vehicle that are saying, oh, you know what? That would have bought an F-150. would have bought an F-150. I just don't think that's going to happen. a totally separate user. A completely okay. separate buyer. 
Before you laugh me off this set. Uh oh. No, we never. Wow, this is going to be good. Though. Maybe, maybe, maybe we're underestimating the appeal of this truck. Take a look at this chart. Hmm. Um, this shows the number of searches for this cyber truck and compares it to the number of searches done the day the Model 3 was launched. This is ARK Invest, and granted, they are bullish the stock. So that's a caveat to this whole thing. If you look really carefully, yeah. there are some states which would you would think would be pickup truck states like Montana. The number of searches relative to the Model 3 announcement day, 223% higher for the Cybertruck. Yeah, but they didn't throw a bowling ball through the to the three. I mean, that's why everybody's looking at it. And then look at the states that it's in. Those are states that people drive not a lot of population there. Dodge and Chevys, right? Let's not lean on Montana though. But they're probably Texas is fifteen percent higher. We don't know if they're laughing at the at it or they're actually (laughs) looking at it. I would argue they're laughing at it. Did you when you the first time you saw the truck? Did you think it looked better three hours after you saw the truck? I think the fact that we're having this conversation. I think you look. How many people have 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 searched it or whatever. The whole point, I think, with Tesla is that, look, there are great ideas. There's great vision. There's great streamlining. There's great products. There's excitement. There's innovation. There's all of these things. And that's the dream. The dream, it's a trillion-dollar dream. But, but what's really going on in terms of execution? So, so if people are searching for I'm not surprised you see a Mad Max car um, that, that, you know, takes a bowling ball or two and actually, you know, does whatever it does. I don't think that that... I don't think that even ruined the, the sentiment around this. I think there's a lot of excitement about something that looks like that. Um, but ultimately, Tesla is about execution, and it's about reality. But it's also and about I, price point know. of this one, too. I think the price point works. They're not making anything at, for the price of this they're if going If you look to. at the Model X, the Model X, the way you want it equipped, is over $100,000. No one's looking at that. So well, you said it before, the Model 3. Uh-huh. And this model is an affordable Tesla. The only thing is that when we take a look at the price point, the price point is fairly low on this pickup, Very, correct? Yeah, we don't know how much it's going to cost right. for them to produce. So the Model well, the glass Y has to be cheap. <laughs> the Model <laughs> Y, for instance, shares many, many parts with the Model 3. So there are synergies. There are efficiencies to building out that Model Y. So with this truck, we have no idea. And I mean, if this is just right. going to be a lark... Mm-hmm. And this has been you the know. knock on Tesla the uh, whole time. To Tim's point, the reason why you're buying the stock is you're buying this dream that they're going to do all kinds of things, decarbonize the electric grid. But they've had a tough time executing. Every time the stock sells off, it's because they miss they miss executed. So now add more one more thing onto it, add one more cost into it, and that is probably why the stock I at least think stays below 380 for the time. Okay, being. but but okay, so they miss executed. Fine, they might miss some numbers, but. The stock being at 333, doesn't that alleviate a lot of the pressure when it comes to that bear thesis that it's going to run out of cash? If they went out and did a secondary here, how would, the, that, mar- how would yeah, the market react? How would the market react? Why aren't they, they, the capital markets are more open to them here at 333 than they were at 240. No, it's fair. Or 270. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I don't think the market would be as favorable to them with a secondary now that they were a year and a half or two years ago when every secondary, and there were probably five or six of them were actually tremendous buying opportunities. I don't think that exists. That's just my opinion. I think we're in a different world right now for Tesla. Yeah, but importantly, you want to buy after the secondary is announced, right? So if people are out there thinking you're buying it in anticipation of a secondary, secondaries generally are traded at a discount. That means you want to buy it after that's announced because then their balance sheet is fortified. Simply, you know, I I think ARK Invest does a nice job with a lot of different research on on this company. I think part of their view is that this is truly about data. This is about big data. This is about technology. This isn't even about um, (laughs) autonomous. So to the extent that that goes into your valuation, I think we're talking apples and oranges between this and not only autos, but even the next wave of EV cars. I don't think those folks that are that bulls that have a 
a $4,000 target on this thing out wherever um, are thinking about the same thing. Coming up, Takeover Talk giving a late boost to L Brands. We'll dig into the latest chatter. Plus, a Bitcoin bust. What sent the cryptocurrency careening this week? We're live from Times Square in New York City. Much more Fast Money right after this. The spirit of performance defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura has been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome back to Fast Money. L Brands jumping nearly 5% today. The retailer reportedly meeting with investment banks to explore its options as it remains weighed down by Victoria's Secret. The company also reported earnings this week and got an upgrade to a hold over at Evercore. So what could be next here for L Brands? Grasso. All these companies, they have to figure out some sort of a strategy to save them. So if you look at this and you overlay it, every other stock in retail popped the same time L Brands popped. And it keeps short sellers on their heels. I don't know what's in store, but this has been rumored for a while. And the stock has been obliterated before this. Yeah, so you look at how the stock traded over the last month or so. $16 has been your support level. So at least you can shoot against that. I mean, it's been, this stock has been a disaster for the last several years. So if you want to try to bottom fish, I don't think the risk reward is that bad. But then the, you have to ask the question is, let's just say they get some kind of a deal, some kind of a buyout. How, what's the premium on that? I would be surprised if it's, if it's very, very high. So I think you have limited reward for a known risk. Who could buy it? Who would buy it? I mean, look, there, there are brands there that are worth something, though. And yeah. I think Bath and Body Works as well. I mean, I, I think this sounds this seems like private equity to me. This, this does right. seem like, you know, where you have to do some of the parts, look at the brands, make them more profitable, bring them back through different different distribution. Why have they failed? Um, probably because the mall has failed, because the distribution channel has failed. And maybe they haven't kept up with the times. But um, I'm surprised we haven't run some gratuitous, you know, L Brands footage at this I point. I was just but, talking about that the yeah. other day when they reported. Why don't we do that We anymore? have an opportunity because we're no longer do we're because we've risen above you know we've we done have? i'd like to think we have it's also a I don't know that, show we don't if you listen time. to the early part of our show i would say we didn't really rise above based oh, upon yeah. that tesla conversation just uh, oh, man. switching gears uh, check out the biotech's big run over the last month up nearly 10 percent um actually you know earlier today tim you said this is one of the best looking charts in the market and if you look at biotech, it's up almost 20 percent off those lows. And it's something that um, is, I think, a combination of where you had some oversold conditions that were driven by macro more a little bit towards uh, call it you know, the government and the regulatory stuff. But really, I mean, if you look at a biogen uh, and if you look at the M&A activity in the space and you look at really the pipeline for a handful of companies that people thought were dead. But more important, you look at the balance sheet, and you look at the valuations. And it tells me that I think there actually is a combination of catalysts and fundamentals that work here. Yeah, I agree. Biogen closed right basically three hundred dollars. 299 and changes up from that 220 level that it was meandering in for the long time. And it's still cheap on valuation. So I understand why people would be inclined if they caught this move, this $80 move in Biogen to take profits. 
that makes sense. I still think there's room to the upside. And you look at other names like Amgen is at a stealth run as well. Biotech has done well because I don't think that right now, at least, they don't have a giant bullseye on their back, at least for the foreseeable future. But I think the way to invest in this is through an ETF, through the IBB, because you get your Amgen, you get your Gilead, you get your Vertex, you get Biogen. It's up 18 percent year to date. And you don't have to worry about a blow up with any one given name. You get a host of them and it mutes your risk. Yeah, I do like the the spreading the risk type of thing. I go t- more towards the smaller mid caps, which are in the Nasdaq ETF. Um, but on both of those, I would caution. I think you have time to wait here. We've had these big moves. There would be no problem with you could still have a bullish take on this with everything that's going on, the great good valuations, and still have these things move, pull back because they've had such a big move. So I would say wait a little bit, maybe wait a week or two, let it digest itself, but then go into the ETFs. Did you see? Yeah, Corona Therapeutics finished mm. out the week. Crazy week, wasn't it? 380% on this week alone. Yeah, that's, that is one for the record books. And that was a, that's an IPO over the last, what, six or nine months, I think? Mm-hmm. I mean, the data came out. was extraordinary for them. Then you had that move up to 140. The secondary they announced. I'm not, I can't speak intelligently about that. My point is with biotech, you see the types of moves that you can have. And then you're talking about stocks that have pipelines and have balance sheets like an Amgen, like a Biogen. And at these valuations, they just make a lot of sense. And I think that move that you just talked about illustrates a point that biotech is not dead by any stretch. And if you're in the market and you're looking for beta, right? I mean, there's all this sort of like reach for risk in this sort of market environment. This could be... This, One example of it. Without a doubt, particularly if you, act, if you don't diversify and you go single name, you can get a really big bang for your buck. But they are a lot more like call options than they are equity investments. All right. For more on Karuna, you can check out our interview with the CEO from Power Lunch, Steve Paul. Head on over to CNBC.com. In the meantime, here's more of what is coming up on Fast. Trade, recession, the election. With all the uncertainties for the markets in 2020, we lay out an options play that can protect you on the downside. Plus, a blitz in Bitcoin. What's sending the cryptocurrency to its lowest levels in six months? All that and more when we come back. Wouldn't it be great to have all your investment and retirement accounts in one place? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, makes it easy. I use it to put my investment account and 401k accounts into one hub and get expert tips that help me confidently manage my money. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or are looking for that extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. Securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors, and it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. Welcome back to Fast Money. Bloodshed in Bitcoin this week. The cryptocurrency hitting its lowest level since May. Prices getting ever so close to the key 7,000 level. Among the possible explanations for this crash, China, which had promised to crack down on illegal tr- uh, trading platforms. So are we in for a long-term pullback here 
in Bitcoin. BK, what do you say? I actually don't think so. I think the good odds are that this week and this sell-off here uh, was an important low. So I, I think there's a couple different things going on. You mentioned that you know China is cracking down. There was some speculation that China might unban some of the cryptocurrency trading. But if you look at the fundamentals underlying Bitcoin at this point in time, I look a lot at addresses, right, and address growth. And what we're seeing over the last 30 days is we're seeing growth in addresses of about 5%, but the market is pricing in a decline in addresses of negative 3%. So it's mispriced here. Fundamentals are improving on a sell-off. So I think that's why the odds are stacked that this is probably a low. When you say fundamentals are improving on the sell-off, what exactly yeah. does that mean? So, so, I mean, if you look at any of these currency, any currency, it works just like a social network. It's the network effect, right? So you want to have new users. So when I look at addresses, you think about those as MAUs, right? The monthly average users that we look at for Facebook or for Twitter or that type of thing. So if you see those increasing, those are positive fundamentals, and that's what's happening in this case. How much of a correlation do you think there is? It's more and more with gold now. And it's more and more with Powell. When Powell is thought to be uh, cutting rates, and now we're in a, a sort of a, a system-wide foundational level for rates. We're not going any lower. We're not going any higher, basically. But it seems like that's a major headwind it's, for Bitcoin. Well, I'll tell you, the, the ma global macro players have been in Bitcoin more than they ever have been. So more and more, it is starting to be a macro trade. We saw a lot of activity around the Brexit votes. We saw a lot of activity around some of the ECB and the FOMC meetings. So, yeah, your observation is absolutely right. It is getting a lot more correlated with the global markets. All right. Well, while it's been a wild week for Bitcoin, Tim has the <laughs> one chart that really stood out to him this week. It is called a chart of the week. This. Here we go. All right. So, Mel, we're talking about the chart of the week, and I'm talking about the 10-year Treasury yield. And the reason why this is the chart of the week is because between the fear on a trade deal, between maybe some bad data and jobless claims, we started to get to that place where yields tested uh, kind of the bottom end of a range. But if you look at this is a six-month chart, but if you look at where we are off those lows that were set September 3rd, we've actually held at least this week what I think is the bottom end of an up trend line. What does that mean? It means that yields are going higher for a couple different reasons. Ultimately, I think that's equity positive. But again, yields may be going higher, one, because I think global central banks are, are, are believing or certainly tired of believing in the efficacy of low interest rates. Bank of Japan, who I think is the ultimate culprit here, um, I think has been going out of their way to let you know they want to see yields go higher. Um, I think what that means for equities is the industrials trade, the rotation that we've seen into more uh, both cyclical and then even commodities, which I think are starting to base. This is a very good sign. It doesn't mean we're going to run away from here. But it means it looked like at one point this week this chart was going to break down and it looked like we were going to test lowers and we were actually going to be in some trouble, which would have been bad for equities. Yeah, you know, you look at the TLT conversely. I mean, that's, your, that's the way to play this, obviously. I understand what Tim is saying. My pushback would be, you know, you've seen that move down to 135. We've bounced. Yeah, the last couple of days, sort of squishy. I'm in the camp, though. I think yields are headed back lower. I think we're going to retest those lows at 147 yield or basically 148 or so in the TLT. I think the TLT rallies from here. So that's interesting. I mean, for equity investors, you actually kind of want to root for a range-bound uh, trade at this point in time because too low implies the economy is getting slower and too high, we know, starts to have that reallocation away from equities into bonds. So I think bonds at these levels, you root for them just kind of staying right here, maybe moving up a little bit in rates, but not much. 
It is time for the final trade. Mm. What a quick show. Already? What a yeah. nice segue. And I, I would be rooting for Cisco here because I actually think that when you look at the enterprise, and this is now really more of a software company to me, especially in, in, in uh, security, uh, I like Cisco. Take a look. BK Brian Kelly. So, I, you know, you look at what's going on in commodities. Gold in and of itself looks like it might be bottoming. I try Newmont Mining. Steve. Snap. I've been on this one for a little bit now, and I think it still moves higher. They had a JV with Verizon based on 5G phones coming out. So I think you're going to have some room to the IPO price, which was 17. Once that price gets elected, you start to see funds come back into it, and I think it pushes it much higher from you. Guy. You know, this is your last chance to see OA because you're probably, my sense for is. For Turkey Day, the day, yes. Gobble, the gobble. Day after right. Turkey yeah, day, right. we Next week, there's show. no OA. Yeah. That's true. So I think your audience should really lock into. The, the, the Carter Braxton Worths, the Dan Nathans, the, right? The, the Michael Coco beware. Chart. Very important. Um, important I also seconds. think Freeport McMoran upgraded at Merrill Lynch FCX, Mel. Don't go anywhere. Options Action's up right after this. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, Packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.